0: Well, friends here in the Lucis Trust Library, with your familiar faces and lively hearts and minds, and friends all around the world whose faces we're not so familiar with, but whose hearts and minds we can sense radiating light and truth, and who are tuning into our meeting this evening via the internet. A very warm welcome to you all. As you will know, This meeting, and it's only one of very many occurring at this time, is to collectively enable us all to be conscious that we are a worldwide group dedicated to making the best use we can of the opportunities which the Pisces full moon is giving us. And the actual full moon is at uh, uh, 20 to one tomorrow lunchtime. For us as an esoteric group, this means conscious and sacrificial service, to serve in the most effective way we can at this significant time of crisis in the life of humanity. Right now, let us remind ourselves of the fact, a fact which has now become a truism, which tends to obscure its truth, but it most definitely is a fact, that the present crisis and it's a planetary crisis, not just a human one, also means a time of major opportunity, as do all crises. It is a major opportunity which we need to seize with all our strength for the sake of the myriad of lives, diva, human and subhuman, who inhabit our planet for the gift of life, and evolution that it offers to all, and for which humanity has a particular responsibility in its loving unfoldment. Of course, it's natural for us to look at the present world situation from the perspective of crisis, and perhaps become overwhelmed by the enormity of the tasks before us. If we're not careful, we can lapse into a despondency at the magnitude of this challenge and the magnitude of the challenges facing humanity cannot easily be overestimated. But this negativity can be dispelled when we remind ourselves that the crucial evolution of human consciousness from separateness to wholeness, from personality focus to soul focus is the essence of the opportunity of this crisis. Promoting this is the unalterable and loving
1: will of our planetary life.
0: Perhaps this will can best be understood by us as silence, but a silence of such intensity that it resonates with the irresistible electricity of goodness pouring into our souls, our hearts and our minds. This empowers us to right thought, right desire, and right action. In real terms, all the superhuman lives of embodied love on our planet are rooting for humanity to triumph. And we can rely on their unfailing help when we make the right and necessary choices and moves ourselves. It is these, that will evoke the needed
1: spiritual help. Let us look at it for a moment from the perspective of the spiritual hierarchy.
0: Hierarchy is well thought of as a vortex of loving energy composed of a community of great and loving souls with the Christ, the greatest embodiment of love our planet has yet known as the heart of love At their center. They understand the planetary will as the divine purpose of manifesting love. And the whole life of the spiritual hierarchy is focused on revealing this will and helping to materialize it. Then we can look at it from the perspective of the members of the new group of world servers. They hold themselves open to this will a step down by hierarchy into what we call the plan. They seek to be impressed by it and inspired by it and to express it in loving action. They meditate to clothe it in concrete thought forms and then precipitate these into the hearts and minds of all people of goodwill around the world. And in their turn, these people of goodwill work out these ideas in the life of humanity in a multitude of vibrant, helpful, and redemptive service initiatives. It's important to recognize that these categories are not hard and fast divisions. There is a lot of crossover.
1: We are all part of humanity. We are
0: all people of goodwill. And many of us are conscious members of the new group of world servers. As part of the latter, we work on the mental plane of souls, opening ourselves to impression by abstract ideas. Also, as people of goodwill, we seek to make this energy constantly available in whatever situations we find ourselves, particularly on the plane of the emotions, the astral plane, for it is here where the vast majority of human and planetary problems have their origin in misplaced desires, in the selfish sense of exclusiveness and separateness. But in identification with humanity as a whole, in our families, our communities and working lives, and as intelligent and proactive citizens, we also play our part in helping humanity as a whole to step forward into the light and love of reality and a collective life of planetary redemption. These modern days, the life of discipleship is not a monodimensional one of retreat from the world onto the abstract planes. It is multidimensional. Wherever we find ourselves, we must serve and with joy. And this includes all the planes on which we are consciously active, from the dense physical, up to and including the intuitional, if we can reach that far. As an illustration of this, we only have to read what the Tibetan said to his group in the darkest days of the Second World War in 1940. On the physical plane, you will not need to be occupied with the problem of what to do, because every physical effort, Time and personality emphasis will be directed to the shouldering of your due share in arresting the forces of aggression from any further advance. This might mean fighting in the ranks of the allied armies, or it might mean driving an ambulance under Red Cross auspices, raising funds to succor the refugees, speaking on public platforms, or to groups upon the issues at stake. Or participating in some form of national effort to bring aid and strength to the Allies, whatever it is, it will call for all that is in you and all that you are, integrated and directed to a sustained, substantial, one pointed effort. So let us make a pause here so that we can become aware of the energies of the divine will to express love and how this must change and indeed is changing and redeeming human attitudes and behavior. In particular, let us use these moments to understand the specific part that we can play as individuals and as members of the various groups, inner and outer, which claim our allegiance. Then we will say together
2: the mantrum of unification. And we say together, the souls of all
0: are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone let love
2: prevail let all people love Mm. There is so much meaning in this mantra that we we could, could consider
0: right now, but I think it would be useful to simply concentrate on two of its themes. The fact of pain and that the reward of pain is light and love. And secondly, the idea of vision.
1: As the Buddha discovered
0: and embodied in his Four Noble Truths, Living in the material worlds is inseparable from suffering. And particularly at the moment, there is so much pain in the world. We're living in the time prophesied by St. Paul when he wrote that the whole of creation groans and labours in pain, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. There is physical pain, resulting often and specifically from the choices we as human beings make and the consequences that inevitably stem from these choices. But there are also the numbing emotional pains that inevitably arise from our unredeemed reaction to the pairs of opposites on the astral plane. And then there is the worst pain of all, which we are told is mental pain. And of course, this leads us to consider that phrase in the mantram, let pain bring due reward of light and love. For despite the outer seeming, it is actually love that is driving all to the surface where it can be recognized and dealt with. This has to happen. It is an inescapable fact of treading the spiritual path. And it's not just individuals and groups these days who are treading the path. It is humanity as a whole that, as the world aspirant, is starting to tread the path of discipleship with all the implications that this conveys to us who are consciously treading the path and know something of its terrain and challenges. One of these, which I'm sure we have all experienced to some extent at least, is the speeding up of karma. In order to move forward, we have to face those yet-to-be-redeemed aspects of ourselves and resolve them before the future can unfold. This is always painful, but, and this is important to remember, it is a pain that works to liberate us from the prison of the personality and frees us into the realistic possibility of expressing more of the life, energy and love of the soul. This is now the reality for humanity as a whole.
1: The Tibetan, as usual, explains the
0: situation very well. When a man literally walks in the light of his soul and the clear light of the sun pours through him, revealing the path, it reveals at the same time the plan. Simultaneously, however, he becomes aware of the fact that the plan is very far as yet from consummation. The dark becomes more truly apparent. The chaos and misery and failure of the world group stand revealed. The filth and dust of the warring forces are noted and the whole sorrow of the world bears down upon the astounded yet illuminated aspirant. Can he stand this pressure? Can he indeed become acquainted with grief and yet rejoice forever in the divine consciousness? Has he the ability to face what the light reveals and still go his way with serenity, sure of the ultimate triumph of good? Will he be overwhelmed by the surface evil and forget the heart of love which beats behind all outer-seeming? this situation should ever be remembered by the disciple or he will be shattered by what he has discovered. The Tibetan is saying this in relation to the individual disciple, but we can see so easily how it relates now to humanity as a whole. I suggest that much of the widespread existence of depression in humanity is in part due to the fact that we are becoming collectively overwhelmed by the surface evil and forgotten the heart of love beating behind all the outer seeming. How important it is then that we should in whatever way we can reveal to people by our thoughts, our words and actions that the fire of love lies everywhere just beneath the surface of things and is constantly bubbling through into human consciousness and demanding joyful recognition. In the process, it is bringing to the surface in the life of humanity all that is inimical to the qualities and values of the soul. This needs to be acknowledged and dealt with in the light of the soul, the light of reality. And wonderfully, there are so many groups and initiatives all around the world that are dealing with these things in a soul inspired way. <clears throat> The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, put the situation very well in a recent and really interesting Zoom dialogue with Peter Fenwick on the subject of what is death and how to die well. In his words, what I've often said to younger people in the context of environmental activism has been, you may not succeed in averting climate disaster. What you can do, is live more truthfully and honestly today. And the catch is, if you live more truthfully and honestly today, then probably you have a better contribution to make to averting climate disaster. In other words, if you see it as simply a, problem, a problem-solving exercise, you may well be overcome by frustration, disillusion and even despair. If you see it as something that ought to flow naturally from your own attempt to live more truthfully, more in the light of reality, well then, who knows what might be possible? What better way is there of describing how to manifest the life of the soul in our daily lives? It is actually redeeming the ordinary with the extraordinary. The lesson of this, is that we have to hold ourselves rock solid and strong in the light of the soul, to not shrink from the recognition of the reality of the outer worlds, but consecrate ourselves deliberately to manifest the light and love and will of the soul in these outer worlds. In Rome Williams' words, to live more truthfully and honestly. Then miracles can indeed and do happen and often in the most unexpected of ways. A central part of manifesting the life of the soul in the material worlds is the sense of vision. And in the mantra we sounded a few minutes ago, we used the words, let vision come and insight, let the future stand revealed. So we need to ask ourselves what this really means. For example, I don't think it means the revelation of the minutiae of our personal future lives, as portrayed in tabloid newspaper horoscopes. As Shakespeare truthfully expressed it in his play Twelfth Night, what's to come is still unsure. If these details of the future are already fixed, as is asserted by the dogmatic believers in predestination, then there is no free will no responsibility, no no creative engagement with things as they are. Having said that, of course, there are aspects of the future that are certain. For example, that sooner or later humanity will collectively express the light and love of the soul in its daily life. But when we achieve this, and how we achieve this, is most certainly not certain. The reason for this is that it involves human creativity and free will. And this involves the expression of those timeless spiritual values and principles which we so cherish and which are so beautifully embodied in the world's various spiritual traditions. How we relate these values and principles to any set of mental, emotional, and physical conditions are unique expressions in time and space of our conscious response to things as they are, and they come out of that scintillating collision between past and future, between love, thought, right desire, and the creative
1: use of the imagination. So what
0: is our vision of the future? I think if we are honest, for most of us, it tends to be rather superficial. We think of a world where war no longer occurs, where disease has been largely abolished, where it never rains on a Sunday, and all is love, light and peace. If we think about it, this is very similar to the image that many religious people have of heaven. It is clearly a reaction to the injustices and cruelties and sorrows, not to mention the minor inconveniences that we see daily in the world around us. It is obviously a product of humanity's collective wish life. In contrast, it seems to me that when we say, let the future stand revealed, what we are actually doing is evoking the energies and vision of the plan into our consciousness. In an unusual comment, the Tibetan says, let your imagination run wild for a moment, picturing the condition of the world when the majority of human beings are occupied with the good of others, And not with their own selfish goals. Such a play of imaginative thought is good and constructive and will aid in bringing out into manifestation that new world and that new type of humanity which the future will inevitably demonstrate. The plan is ever expressed in terms of light. We need to think and wildly in terms of a transformed humanity embodying a great station of light on the planet. This will amazingly and beneficently affect all life on the physical earth, and not only the earth, because this enlightened humanity will also transform the seven solar systems of which ours is one. This might seem like pure fantasy to us now, but then so did the idea of putting a human being on the moon until it became a reality in 1969. And humanity will be able to do this because we will have learnt to think more accurately in line with the promptings of the soul and the spiritual will.
1: The inevitable effect of this
0: will be the transmutation of the astral world, whose present uncontrolled and rampant energies are wreaking so much havoc to all the lives who dwell on this plane of the emotions, and they also explode onto the physical plane in such devastating ways as in the conflicts, wars, and the studied cruelties which we see in the world around us. Of course, it's worth pointing out that the astral plane is dual, and the negative aspects of it are rapidly becoming counterbalanced by the growing millions of people in the world who want the best for everybody, who see goodness at the heart of all people and who are already serving as souls, joyfully and sacrificially. They are a living fulfillment of the keynote of the disciple in Pisces, treading the path of return. I leave the father's home and turning back, I save.
1: So now let us go into our meditation, in which we will, of course, be using this Pisces keynote as
2: the seed thought. Group fusion.
0: We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating
2: between hierarchy and humanity. and encourage them. Alignment.
0: We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet. The planetary heart, the great ashram
2: of Senate Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. <clears throat> we extend this line of light towards Shambhala, the centre where the will of God is known. Higher interlude, behold the contemplative mind
0: open to the extraplanetary energies streaming
2: into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. using the creative imagination
1: we visualize the three planetary centers Shambhala hierarchy and
2: humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Meditation. We reflect on the seed
1: thought for Pisces. I leave the Father's home,
2: and turning back, I save. Precipitation. We use the creative imagination to visualize
1: the energies of light and love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet
0: and becoming anchored on the earth in prepared
2: physical plane centers Through which the plan can manifest. This image uses the sixfold progression of divine love from Shambhala through the hierarchy, focus through the Christ, through the new group of world servers. through people of goodwill, everywhere in the world, and becoming anchored in the myriad of physical centers of distribution. We refocus consciousness
1: as a group within the periphery of the great ashram.
2: And together we sound the affirmation
0: In the centre of all love I stand. From that centre, I, the soul, will outward move. From that centre, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my
2: group and throughout the world. We visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala
0: through hierarchy and streaming into human humanity
2: through the prepared channel. Now we consider how these in-pouring
1: energies are establishing the pathway of light for
2: the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution. As we sound the great invocation, let us clearly visualize the
0: outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets of London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, in Tokyo and irradiating the
1: consciousness
2: of the whole human race. From the point of light within the
0: mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men let light
1: descend on earth.
0: From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May
1: Christ
2: return to earth. From the centre, where the
0: will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve.
1: From the centre,
0: which we call the race of men,
2: Thank mm-hmm. Well, thank you all very much for your participation in this meditation
0: work. Now, the next full moon meeting is in Aries, and it will take place here in the Lucistrust Trust Library on Wednesday, April the 5th at 6.30. And of course, it will be on Zoom as well. But before that, there is an online new moon meeting and meditation also at 6.30 on Tuesday, March the 21st. And so those of you at the Lucis Trust Library, have a safe journey home. And those of you who are at home, have a safe journey to your armchair. (laughs) Good night.